1: This week, we're going to look at creator's perspective on friendship. Sounds like a, a, a safe topic, and for the most part, it is. But uh, there's a few interesting lessons in this uh, series of channelings, Carl.
2: Well, it, it, it cuts to the chase about the purpose for existence and the meaning of existence and how to live a life of purpose as well as one that's satisfying. You know, this this is the quest everyone has. They want to be happy. Most people do. But it has its challenges and it has its demands on us and how to navigate and and how we govern our time and energy. And it's very revealing about human nature. And we tend to take that for granted. But it comes from somewhere. It's not just genes that happen through random interaction as science would tell us. So as a channeler of the creator of all that is, we can ask directly about such things and get cogent information that can help us figure out life and do it better. And, you know, for those who make
1: friends easily and have lots of friends and not enough time, um, that could be something that'd be taken for granted. But, you know, a lot of people in this world have very few, if any, friends. And for them, this is a a very, very important matter.
2: Well, and I think this will be a value to people in that situation. And those who maybe don't struggle with that issue can better appreciate what they do have and what they've been able to achieve for themselves. So this this will be instructive. It's not just a a bit of fluff.
1: (laughs) Creators, I've never seen that come from creator ever. (laughs) US Creator. C.S. Lewis said, what draws friends, what draws people to be friends is that they see the same truth. They share it. What is Creator's perspective?
2: All right, these are creator's words that I channeled. This is not a bad characterization of the fundamental needs and requirements for friendship to blossom. People will not typically become friends unless there is a shared element important to both parties. This can set aside major differences that could well become conflicts if focused upon, but often in the needs of the moment, people see a greater need to come together, and that will be honored. Even through tacit agreement, one must be circumspect about hidden feelings and beliefs that could be offensive to the other party and put them in abeyance for the time being in deference to the need for closeness with someone when there is a compelling need to do so. This carries within it an important truth about life and about your spiritual origins. What matters is the spiritual connection that empowers you to begin with, informs you about who you truly are because it is coming from your very soul, which is the essence of your makeup and existence and the truest representation and definition of you as a being. When present in a physical incarnation, You are simply a projection of that soul with many flaws and limitations inherent in your very existence in this state of being, so disconnected from your history and the deeper reaches of your energy and its composition. You are, in a sense, a provisional expression subject to being buffeted about by circumstances beyond your control the nature of your environment, who you share it with, the cultural influences, on and on. The many types of stimuli and pressures can undermine you or uplift, but more the former, which is typical of today's world with so much in disarray and so much corruption having occurred over thousands of years of subjugation. What is truly to be treasured is your link to divinity, and its greatest expression as a human being is that you are with fellow humans, all of whom are children of the divine and extensions of our very consciousness. You are all literally part of us, each and every one of you. It is only some who do not know this, in fact, most, and it leaves you in a state of ignorance and depletion as well. While this is true for everyone, forming a friendship with another person solidifies the interconnection, if only between the two of you. And in doing so, you gain because you are reclaiming a greater portion of the whole from the collective of humanity, if only through one individual linkage at a time. That is worth having, and many have found worth dying for. So I think an important message
1: is being shared here that Friendship and that connection to another human being is a sense, uh, a proxy for the divine, you know, in a very real
2: sense. Well, and I think the corollary to that is the lack of connection is its opposite. Yes. (laughs) It's a lack of divinity. Yes, indeed. And so that's, that's the dilemma of life. It forces us to be separate so much of the time. You know, pursuing things on our own, working on our own, struggling on our own studying and learning as a student on our own on and on many many hours of the day having to live by our wits and and maybe get some consideration from others maybe not. So this, this life is challenging and it's it's that ability to bond with someone that makes all the difference. You know, there that was can a story be- on the news last night about a, uh, a woman who is unable to speak, a daughter of a, of a woman in a Florida hospital. And she was arrested and taken away in handcuffs because she insisted on staying with her daughter after the posted visiting hours mm-hmm. because she was concerned the daughter was taking a turn for the worst. She didn't know if she'd be alive through the night. And she needed to be there as the advocate. For her care and a communicator. And the doctor had told her to stay there because she the daughter was frantic and pulling tubes out and such. The nurse made her leave and called the police and they oh took her God. away. So this this is you know this is service to an idea of duty in in a sense, but where's the love? <laughs> you know, yeah. where's the divinity? You know, the point I was gonna say is That, you know, even
1: people that win the lottery or somehow find themselves financially independent can struggle to find friends because everybody else is busy and has no time, you know. So they they find themselves enjoying their money, quote unquote, all by themselves a lot. So it's, it's quite the dilemma. And having a friend is a very, very special gift indeed. U.S. creator Eleanor Roosevelt said, many people will walk in and out of your life, but only true friends will leave footprints in your heart. Indeed, we encounter many, many people in the course of our lives, but relatively few become genuine friends. What is Creator's perspective?
2: All right, these are Creator's words. This is certainly focusing in on the greatest of human dilemmas. In many ways, there is no worse fate than being alone interminably. Loneliness is truly torment, and that is the consequence of being separated from other people. When everything within you is yearning for reconnection and a sharing of common interests, opportunities, and goals, and is the essence of who you are, a collaborative member of a community, it is a very deep part of your makeup. So Eleanor Roosevelt's description elegantly states a recognition that human-to-human contact can be both trivial and profound. And this is a fair assessment of what so much of life entails, a series of casual encounters, often with no recognition of the others present, but simply ships passing in the night, so to speak, that will derive no satisfaction for anyone other than to keep the evidence going that humans still exist beyond the self. But that is small comfort if you reap no benefit personally. So the rarer gaining of a close friendship through an investment in time and energy, and most importantly, an exchange of love in some form, will be the most fulfilling, the most inspiring, and the most empowering experience one can have as a physical human being. You are geared for this. You are designed for this from the outset, and in ideal circumstances, the greatest and truest friend you will ever have will be your spouse in order to share the full gamut of potential expressions of love, including physical intimacy. It is an irony of existence in the duality you suffer that even conjugal love can become trivial and only a surface representation of its potential to uplift and reward the person with bliss beyond imagining unless it has been experienced. Those friendships that involve an exchange of true kindness and affection, quite separate from romantic love, are nonetheless of deep significance, because the soul extends far beyond the gender-associated hormonal imperatives, giving rise to physical intimacy and in its expression. What is happening with a genuine friendship is a meeting of souls, when it goes deep enough to be open and honest and truly representing a give and take, where each party listens to the other, and there is a mutual pact to share something of great value in the give and take. So it is attuned through the act of friendship to look for opportunities to reward the other party by giving of the self, whether some new gained insight from personal experience, Or a recognition they've come upon something the other party will appreciate and go out of their way to explore it further and bring that awareness to the other person through an act of friendship and because of an alignment of interests. But is nonetheless a kind of service and dedication allowing a person to express some of the highest aspects of character and divine alignment especially in difficult circumstances where loyalty to a true friend is honored even at some personal risk. In a sense, you are substitutes for the divine for one another in its seeming absence because of the corruption within you to be so disconnected from the divine realm. So we see the deep and true friendship as a proxy for divine partnership, And in essence, constitutes divine partnership in as much as you are all part of the divine. So a reunion with an old and trusted friend is a reunion with us by extension and tremendously satisfying and rewarding for both parties and us included, who are always present and surrounding you with our love. You know, this channeling reminds me of my own personal experience, one that
1: was quite surprising to me and, and something that I cherish to this day. You know, I rode the train, a commuter train, for over a decade and rode the train mostly with the same people every day. And it was a 90-minute train ride. So you be riding with the same people 90 minutes a day without an agenda uh, five days a week. You get to know them fairly well pretty quickly. And uh, these people have left footprints in my heart, you know, the we all have different interests. You know, there's the, the, the train was the common bond, but it was a strong bond. And as a result, I ended up coming to care for these people quite deeply. And we still see each other pretty frequently today.
2: Well, that speaks to what Creator is saying, I think, that this is the human makeup. We're wired to be friends to one another, to be compatriots, if that's possible, you know, given time, circumstances, and opportunity, and having um, a place within the scheme of necessity, earning a living and so on, and dealing with the, the practical necessities of life. But beyond that, we look for opportunities for love in various ways, not necessarily romantic love, but kindnesses. And giving and receiving that is really the point of existence, And when you can do it, and what you're describing is a perfect example of this, people thrown together who could just ignore one another or chafe and be resentful and grudging and unhappy and wanting to be rid of all those people who sneeze and cough and (laughs) rustle their papers and, and talk about their own mundane things and let me concentrate or whatever. But no, people are drawn together. There's something going on there that's yes. important. And there's nothing better to end your day than to walk
1: in to a group of people and they all smile and seem genuinely happy that you're there. You know, It's a, it's a wonderful experience. I wish everybody could have it. U.S. creator Khalil Gibran wrote, Friendship is always a sweet responsibility, never an opportunity. What is creator's perspective? And I assume that when we're talking about an opportunity, an opportunity
2: for use,
1: you know, for favors, I guess, you know, that was my understanding of
2: this. But what's creator's perspective? All right. And creator says, this is a quite human level response to the difficulties of life, including the challenges in cultivating and maintaining friendship with anyone no matter the inherent compatibility and sharing of perspectives, backgrounds, interests, and even passions. No two people are alike, and no two people will always be in sync with their thoughts, ideas, and emotions. Each life has a tempo and many constraints and sources of input, positive or negative, so sharing time with a friend will always involve a varied state of being in terms of both participants. The strength of friendship will determine to what degree this can be overcome and even put on hold if need be. The true test of friendship is whether a would be friend rises to the occasion at a time of suffering or difficulty. Will they abandon you? Will they be sympathetic? Will they offer assistance, even in a material way beyond sympathy, but volunteer time or money to help you through a crisis? It is the tenor of the times that governs the nature of friendship with respect to the pluses and minuses. In a world of suffering and chaos and discord and strife, your relationship with others, especially friends for whom you care and have a sense of obligation because they have given in like measure to you of themselves. Too many outside demands and difficult circumstances can make friends as much a liability as an asset. So this author was seeing the issue of friendship more in that kind of setting than simply when friendship comes along to those who are reasonably stable and unconstrained severely. And in that setting, it becomes a spice, an added bonus of life, a kind of pleasant reward to have something wonderful as a kind of present bestowed that enhances the being and serves as a further completion of things. They may have already been at least neutral, but now can be more positive than before. And that, of course, represents an opportunity always present in what one human can bring to another. This will always involve some give and take if it is a true friendship and not subservience. But we would say friendship on balance is much more a blessing than a curse because it is the essence of the divinity in you on display. And exercising it will always be rewarding to you and those who share the bounty of your friendship.
1: You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, the thought that comes to my mind is in a roundabout way, uh, creators talking about, The scoreboard between friendships, between between friends, you know, one of the things we like to think about with our friends is that we don't need to keep score, right? That I do you a favor, you do me a favor, I buy you a beer, you buy me a steak, you know, (laughs) and and nobody's keeping a a ledger, you know, but there there still is, though, a kind of loose ledger that still is maintained. Because if it gets way too out of whack, then the friendship can become stressed to the point that
2: it could actually dissolve completely. Well, that speaks to the issue of friendship's purpose and importance. Yes. That it needs to be a give and take, not a cake, but a give and take, and an expression of love. And when that's unbalanced, one party's giving more love than the other, that will stress things, and it will strain the relationship, and rightly so because the whole universe is based on balance. And when there's an imbalance, that's when things go wrong. So it it applies in this subject as as well as every other subject, that there is a way of going about it that's ideal. And there are a lot of ways it can be distorted and actually get off the rails and turn bad. That's a sweet responsibility
1: but not an opportunity. It's not, a, it's not a bank that you can just withdraw endless amounts of money out of. You have to give and take at the same time. Or take and, yeah, if you're going to take, you got to give back. You got to keep the ledger somewhat even and stable. But that's, that's divinity all the time. The, the, the divine is always going to be looking for a fair solution to everything. Be sure to check us out at getwisdom.com. You can sign up today as participant member. It's eternally free, getwisdom.com. Join today's participant. You can access probably 80% of our online content. we got uh, hundreds of hours of content. We'll keep you busy for a very long time if you got nothing to do. Uh, it'll be that time well worth spent for sure. And come on back for more Get Wisdom right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash
0: Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of this week's Get Wisdom.
1: Cat got my tongue. Uh, we are talking about careers perspective on friendship. You know, uh, what it is, um, how they develop, Um the sacrifices we sometimes have to make to keep them. Just we're looking at a broad perspective of what it means to be in a deep, satisfying connection with another person, Carl.
2: Well, and also what gets in the way. Yes. And what that means. It's always a signal. It's a sign that there is something amiss. Something is being overlooked or ignored or corrupted. And there's a lot of that going on in the world, all around the world right now, and driving people apart from one another. Yes. It's the same with our religions and our politics. It's as much divisive as it is so-called inclusive, to use the uh, approved word of the the moment. But it, it, there's a deeper divine truth involved in being in balance and being a giver of love as a priority. And I think that's the essence of friendship, that willingness to give of oneself. We can all be takers. Yes. <laughs> I think that's easy. Right. Right. Oh, that, that is the
1: easy part, yeah, Til the, Till the well one's dry. You asked Creator, we, could all ha- we can have all the friends in the world if we had all the time in the world. Friends are people we
2: happily give our limited time to. What is Creator's perspective? And Creator says, there is truth in this perspective to be sure. What this reflects is that, an extension, that as an extension of creator, you have inherently a tremendous capacity to love. What gets in the way are your limitations as a physical human, only having so much awareness, so much intellect, and so much intuitive ability, and only so much energy and time to use it. When considering that a third of your life you will spend in sleep, This reduces significantly whatever can be accomplished during the waking hours. The many requirements for housekeeping, personal hygiene, attending to the physical demands for food and drink, and earning a living to provide the wherewithal for shelter, supplies, and tools you may need commands the majority of people's time. As a consequence, your time is truly precious and one of the most valuable gifts you can bestow on others. As a practical matter, there is a limit on how many friendships any individual can maintain beyond a casual acquaintance. So giving of yourself in friendship will be recognized and valued by others who are the beneficiary. Boy, and I can sure
1: attest to this, because I have, I have quite a few friends that I really enjoy having in my life, but it's hard work to keep those relationships alive and going. You know, it's, it's, like, it's like tending a garden. You got to weed it and you got to water it, and it's, if you don't, it dies. And um, you know, people. Once you once you care about somebody, I've i found that you don't ever really stop caring about them. But sometimes the exegesis, the the demands of life get in the way, and you can't possibly give yourself to everybody. There was a weekend about a month ago where I was invited to three different events by three different groups of friends that I have, and I couldn't you know I couldn't go to any, I couldn't go to two of them. I had to pick one, you know. And the others were disappointed I couldn't join them. So it, it gets to be quite a dilemma for
2: sure. Well, count yourself lucky to yes. have that. I have many <laughs> clients who are friendless and in states of despair. And that's part of the reason why, at least, that they have no one to lean on and no one to give to them to validate their worth as a person. They're in a vacuum. And it's it's deadening. It's soul deadening to be alone. It leads it yes. to suffering every time.
1: Well, I think some of the secret, though, is people really do have to come to an appreciation that friendship is every bit as much, if not more, of what you give rather than what you get, you know, and that um, if you want a friendship, you probably have to be in a position where you're willing to give more up front with the hope that you'll get some more back later on, you know. Ah uh, getting getting a friend, new friendship off the ground is is a lot of work, and it's it's hard work. And sometimes it's a gamble because you could end up spending a lot of time on somebody who's really not going to pan out for you as a long-term friendship, deep friendship, satisfying friendship relationship. But you got to take risks. You're not willing to take risks. You end up being alone like some of the clients you have.
2: Well, and there are people who really are not capable of it. That's true, yeah. And they might be takers, world-class takers, but they can't give. And it's a corruption, it's a, a degradation of their functioning they may not even be aware of, but it's healable through the divine. And that's one of the things we do. We work well, we, on these problems. So. We explored
1: some of that with a show we did on psychopaths a few weeks ago. And yeah. you can check out that show in the archives of uh, Voice America, as well as on the Get With website. US creator, the average person has a network of only 150 to 200 people that they interact with on a regular basis, including family, friends, and close co workers or classmates. In a world of 7 plus billion people, that is not just a drop in a bucket, but a drop in a lake. Obviously, time and the limits of physical proximity keep this number of relationships small and manageable. Back in the light, without the hard constraints of either time or physical limitations, How big is the network of friends and close associates the average
2: light being has? All right, and this is Creator's answer. This becomes a complicated discussion because it is not possible to answer this in precise detail without a lengthy tutorial about energy and its workings, including the possibilities of multi-locating to be in more than one location and timeline experiencing them simultaneously. The old souls have been in existence since before the creation of the current universe and are never idle. So you can imagine the vast numbers of soul-based beings you have encountered and likely spent time with sufficient to truly come to know one another as individuals and have engaged in so many projects and enterprises of all kinds with so many other beings. You have many investments in one another and often deep and lasting bonds that are more than a past association, but a true sharing of energies that persists through energetic cordings that serve as a kind of communication link to keep tabs on one another and to have their energy in your awareness, at least subliminally. We are speaking here of the light being and the much vaster capabilities it enjoys compared to a physical human where out of sight is often out of mind and can be truly forgotten, at least on a conscious level, even though there will be similar energetic links with all you encounter. And that will be registered and has a potential influence via the Akashic records going forward. So the best way we can answer is that a physical existence is a paltry semblance of possibilities for engaging with others who might be like-minded or vastly different in perspective, at least in the moment, from yourself. As a light being, you command an intellect that can change its focus appropriate to many, many perspectives that might be, in a sense, time and location based with respect to prior experience because all can be recalled readily and in exquisite detail. So, in effect, one can enter a prior timeline at any point one chooses and resume where you left off or begin a new branching, perhaps for an altered agenda or something new you wish to add to those circumstances. What this speaks to is endless opportunity for variety and enrichment, both for yourself personally by way of life experience and all it teaches for growth and learning but making contributions to others and the collective good, including Creator, who perceives and enjoys all of the ongoing expansion of possibilities. Human existence is a far cry from this, as so many lives of isolation and solitude more through lack of opportunities and wherewithal than by choice." Well, this
1: reminds me of an experience I had. I had a very good friend uh, that I had in elementary school. And we spent lots and lots of times together through about second through the sixth grade. And then we visited with each other a few times. And we went to separate junior highs and high schools. And so gradually we had less and less contact. And By the time he got to high school, I pretty much lost contact with him altogether. I had an opportunity to reunite with him probably about seven, eight years ago, after a good 25 years had passed, and we spent the day together. And, uh, you know, within like 10, 15 minutes, it's like all those years were erased, and we had a fabulous time together that day. And it seemed like the time between the, you know, the, the first friendship and the, the day we reunited it didn't even occur, that was, there was a grooving in, there was a, a deep courting, as Creator put it, connection to this person, And it was so easy to just get back into that groove. It was really quite the eye-opening experience for me.
2: Well, you are truly blessed. (laughs) Indeed.
1: U.S. creator, friendships on Earth usually center around a common theme of some kind. For some friendships of long duration, the history of the friendship itself can take over as a theme as the decades go by and common interests and pursuits become less and less. Are friendships in the light largely governed by similar considerations?
2: Okay, and Creator tells us, the major difference between where you are and being in the light as a light being is the degree of freedom allowed in the circumstances of existence. The physical realm is quite constrained. You are confined to a physical body dependent on its needs for air, food, and water with a quite limited range of movement being anchored by gravity limited by strength and endurance and circumscribed by a very short lifespan relative to the light being who is enjoying part of a continuum that is infinite in whatever it might be doing. So it is really not possible to imagine as a physical human what this represents and what can be considered a long-term relationship as in comparing a common purpose and set of goals with others and accordingly have frequent contact and an interchange that creates special bonds, as a consequence. This will happen in the light as much or more than in a physical human existence, and is the rule rather than the exception, because everyone is busy with many pursuits. Soul-based beings are free to choose what they do, but are not hindered or constrained in the way humans are to be out of touch with their heritage, And have many abilities suppressed and present only in a vestigial form. When possessed of all your faculties and powers, there are quite impressive feats within your reach that become an endless source of delight and fulfillment in your many explorations, many projects, and shared endeavors with like-minded souls when you are in the light. Well, you know,
1: some of the motive for this uh, particular show was to ask some of these questions about what it's like for friendships in the light? And I think we're getting some pretty uh, interesting answers here on that, that uh, we're not limited by time and space and constraints like that. And uh, we have the you have multi-locate. You know, Claire didn't want to get into that topic deeply, but you can have shared experiences going in parallel. The, 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 the ability of the soul is quite vast. So We can't be underestimated that, you know, getting back to the light is night and day. (laughs) We're in the night right now.
2: (laughs) Well, it's a preview of coming attractions, but it's also showing us the contrast between what we were created to be and do and what we have right now. And yes, we have the physical constraints, but we create a worsening from there. That's what's wrong. Not that, you know, we're physical and so we can't leap to all buildings in a single bound. But we can give love and share love. And if we're not doing that, there's something wrong. Yes. And that's
1: one of the things we're trying to get to the bottom of. You asked, Creator, from an unknown person, a true friend is someone who sees the pain in your eyes while everyone else believes the
2: smile on your face. What is Creator's perspective? All right. And Creator says... Here is another perceptive awareness of the meaning of closeness and its special attributes. This close association provided by friendship leads to a state of resonance between parties. This will be partly intuitive, extending beyond the normal senses. People who know one another well can read each other like a book. This is commonly attributed to understanding changes in body language, facial expressions, tone of voice, and so on. While such physical projections of the current moods and thoughts can be an accurate reflection of ongoing dynamics within the person's consciousness, they are a surface depiction of human depth and complexity at best. What is truly happening is that on top of such signs, the other party is intuitively sensing something is afoot. And we'll have an inner knowing about what it represents, at least in a general sense. There is a disquiet, there is an ongoing concern, there is hesitation, or there is an emotional experiencing that is uppermost in the other person's mind, perhaps a state of sadness or worry. And the friend will signal concern about this to the other party as a gesture of friendship and doing the outreach to see if somehow they can be of help. People do not realize the depth of that intuitive sensing and how keen it can be and how useful it is as well. This is how people can feel truly comfortable with one another. When even with an intuitive interior inspection possible from another person, they will be in safe hands and trust the other party to accept them no matter what, even their rough edges and inadequacies. In reality, all of our work in progress, no one is complete all are striving to learn and grow, to better themselves and to fill in the gaps in their makeup, to grow stronger, more sure of themselves, more accomplished and more effective in every aspect of their lives. The trust one has in a true friend will always allows people to be themselves and not on guard. They'll be judged and found wanting, which always creates a barrier to understanding and trust someone who reads your inner status and knows you are in pain can reach out to you with tenderness and kindness and that might be just the tonic needed for reassurance and upliftment and provide a bridge of hope for someone who is struggling with unhappiness and can borrow the strength of their friend to help them raise their vibration that is what love does it uplifts it sustains it nourishes and it heals it is transferable and it is imbued with divine power within its potential.
1: Well, Creators here is underscoring something we talked about a little bit, and that is the bond that you have with a front. And it's intimated here that, you know, if you meet somebody and you bond instantly, chances are this is a friend you've had before. You know, um, I don't think there's any coincidences in this world. And any time that you come across a person that you feel comfortable with, a perfect stranger... And you just, it feels like a friend. It probably is a friend. This is probably somebody you've known from before.
2: Yes, and and that's very, very true. And it's a powerful influence on things. And beyond that, though, we're all members of one human family. And we know that. We sense it. When you're around other human beings, you're home. Yeah. Even if there are other perceived differences, cultural, racial, gender, whatever, we all have this inner knowing that we are sharing something and we're not so different. And we need to keep that in mind. Yes, we are one big human family. And we, it, that's very much important to keep at
1: the forefront of our minds. Be sure to check out uh, our Lightworker Handling Protocol. It is uh, the mission of this uh, Get Wisdom Project to get that in as many people's hands as possible. You can check it out at getwisdom.com slash LHP, getwisdom.com slash LHP. Download it and read about it today. And we'll be back with more Get Wisdom right after this.
0: Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of this week's Get
1: Wisdom. We're getting creative perspective on friendship. You know, what it is, uh, what it means, the deeper connections, the, the longer term implications in terms of both being a human and being a light being. And um, it's an important topic because we all need, we all want friends. And uh, in the light, I, I can confidently say we probably all have them. Because if you don't have them, you're not in the light. <laughs> you know, there's probably not a lot of demons that have friends, but, but they're not in the light. So that's part of the problem.
2: Uh, well, and that's that's probably diagnostic. <laughs> yeah. They're self-serving. You know, this is... the. Uh, the definition of someone with a deficit, if they yes. have a deficit in an ability to love, that is on a scale, you know, psychiatrically on a spectrum from narcissist to psychopath. And it's just that serious it, and it has an impact on people. So it's important. It is. U.S. creator Lucius Aeneas
1: Seneca said, One of the most beautiful qualities of true friendship is to understand and to be understood. What is Creator's perspective?
2: And Creator tells us this is a powerful perception and understanding about what it means to be with a friend and companion who truly gets you, has been exposed to what you represent, how you think, your personality and makeup and your general abilities, and a detailed awareness and inventory of how someone looks at the world and thinks about things. That depth of understanding is the foundation for building trust between friends. After all, that is the difference between a friend and a stranger, getting to know them and becoming more fully aware of what they are really like, what they're made of, so to speak, and capable of doing. A friend will have passed this test with the friends they enjoy, opening up enough to let people into their inner thoughts to some extent and seeing they are safe to do so and finding the points of common interest and beliefs and how there is a basic resonance enables building trust as well as personal satisfaction because it acts as a validation that one has passed muster. That all you've strived to do and become has been inspected and deemed sufficient to be considered acceptable. That is the deep understanding fostered by the process of friendship and is the essence of its makeup. The truest of friends and the deepest friendships hold few surprises because the participants in the friendship have put one another to the test in so many ways and gained the understanding of where they are stand in what is acceptable and what may be less so, and truly prove to themselves they are fitting in, and so will not be rejected and are not at risk of betrayal or rejection. So developing that understanding is not only a requisite, but a deep and lasting reward of friendship. I think what Craig is saying here is that there is a,
1: a deep mutual compassion for each other. That uh, is self-reinforcing, you know, and that's something that we know the interlopers don't have. So as much as we look on the interlopers and marvel and, 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 and are mystified at how they could possibly exist the way they do, in return, because they lack compassion, they probably look at us with just as much confusion and mystery.
2: Yeah, that's certainly the case. We're a mystery to them because they are loveless beings and they see it as a weakness and they don't realize the strength it truly represents. It's not just about fun, enjoyment, security, and self-acceptance and feeling okay because you've got others who accept you. It's supposed to be that way, and it's supposed to be vibrant, yes, and thrilling even. Exactly, and have those looking- moments of joy, and exultation, and bliss. From being comfortable who you are, that's yeah. really achieved by people in this life. Indeed. You asked, Creator, in a world dominated by evil,
1: friendship is an oasis in a desert of disconnection. How can empowered prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol be both a means to deeper and more satisfying friendships, as well as perhaps the most valuable gifts we could ever truly give
2: to our friends? All right, creator tells us it is ironic that the friendless, those who are lonely, steeped in sadness, in the depths of depression, are experiencing a disconnection from themselves as much as the rest of the world. The cure for such a state of depletion is truly obtaining greater divine intervention and support through loving energy. This is what heals. All inner discord, whether emotional or physical, is the love deficit at its base. Any act of trauma and the aftermath leaving pain and suffering in its wake and a projection into the future to make it likely to return again until it is rebalanced somehow and healed has its answer in obtaining a love solution. It is an axiom of human interrelationships that people will make poor lovers until they can love themselves. That is not because love is selfish, but the giving of love in a true, open, and unfettered sense can be done in full measure only by those who know how. Someone who has developed dislike of themselves, that self-hatred disconnects them from their divinity to some extent. It closes down the love line, so love will be meager and in short supply. They are summoning negative emotion instead, and after a time in the absence of love, it is all they have to work with. There is simply not enough love on hand for them to spread it around beyond making a surface gesture, a kind of pretending in social settings to act normal. But it will not be genuine, and it will not support a deep, loving relationship with someone else. So all this means is there is work to do. Learning to love by becoming open to love is the right path. And the answer for many who have become diminished over time, usually at the hands of bullies who demean them and teach them a faulty view of themselves and their place in the world. Those dark beliefs are a barrier in their way and have a stranglehold condemning the person to simply marking time in a state of disarray with no certainty of escape and forward progress once again. Something needs to change. This is what prayer is for, reaching to the divine for help by the desperate, by the lonely, by the self-loathing. The first order of business is to work on belief in the divine and belief in oneself. The power you have to condemn yourself has no greater proof than its power to shut out God from your life and prevent a divine rescue to raise you up once again. You must help to bridge that gap that is developed and perhaps build from scratch once again a divine partnership. That is the answer here because it will raise up your being in all respects to empower you and make you more effective and functional and whole in the ability to feel comfortable in your own skin and enjoy your life and appreciate who you are and see your weakness is an illusion. The Lightworker Healing Protocol is the most advanced way to heal such difficulties in a deep way and more quickly than prayer will likely bring about. And that is because the Lightworker Healing Protocol goes to work on the self-imposed constraints, the negative beliefs you hold that are in the way of trusting the, the divine or yourself. Both are limits to what the divine can do on your behalf. This is the workaround. This is the very strategy needed to correct the disconnection that has developed, allowing you to be distant from the divine and essentially helpless because you decided long ago that this situation is hopeless. And if you decree that to be so, it must be honored by the divine and will leave you alone to suffer. This can be turned around through the Lightworker Healing Protocol Step by step, attending to the many lives lived in difficulty and despair that may be contributing to the current state of affairs. All of the factors from your history, as well as the environmental influences making you a target, making you a victim, transferring the negativity of others, and piling it onto you in an attempt to save themselves We'll all be adding to your woes and the size of the problem needing to be dealt with. The Lightworker Healing Protocol is up to the task, but again, must be initiated from the human side. For that is the point. It is putting in your hands for the first time in history the very tools needed to communicate effectively with the divine to identify what is needed. And with an understanding of how the divine realm yields, invoking those strategies and actions to work on your behalf and keep the work going. There is much to do and time is running out with the increasing problems in your world. The darkness is on the move and gaining strength. That is the first order of business and it has much to do with why you suffer. They are behind all the negativity affecting everyone, personally and collectively. You can be a change agent for the better on record for all of time if you choose to act. If you choose to save yourself, you will save others as well. Very sobering. Very sobering message here. But it's important that people... Know that these tools are available because Creator isn't making this up, nor are we. No. We found our way here wanting to make the world better in some small way. That was my ambition. But I'm part of something much, much bigger. I didn't create it, but now I'm aware of it. And I've been given the answer through this channeling work. And it's something everyone can participate in and everybody's needed. Yeah. You know, this
1: episode was on friendship and we talked about how, you know, friends are often people that you've met in past lives and built a relationship to and you recognize that this time around. And I like to think of it as a friendship backlog, but we also have a karmic backlog of negative proportions and that's what's dragging us down. And it's also being aggravated by the interlopers. And so we need to fall back on our friendship backlog to help us with our karmic backlog globally and with humanity We need the help of our friends, you know, with a little help of my friends. Look to your friendships and create friendships that you can help save humanity. And the best way to do that is the Lightworker Healing Protocol, Carl.
2: Well, and we have friends in the light. We have powerful friends in the light. And they want to help. And they want to help. But they are forbidden unless they're asked. They have to be invited. That's part of the test of us. Well, you Can know, it's like we a- figure out what we need and do it? Then we'll get divine rescue and intervention, but it has to be requested and in the right way and by people who believe in it and believe in themselves and and make that happen. It's not a difficult thing to do, but who is doing it right now? You don't see people talking about the divine anymore. It's kind of like
1: friendship though, Carl. I mean, You don't just crash a friend's party, you usually get an invitation, right? I mean, a friendship that actually works, there's boundaries that are respected. And there's invitations going back and forth, you know, there's communication. And that's what we need to do with the divine, because like you said, there's a barrier. They're not going to intervene on their own behalf. They need our invitation. They're not going to come to our party unless we invite them. This is our party down here, as bad as it is. And they're not going to show up without an invitation. So the Lightworker Healing Protocol is that invitation in a profound way.
2: Well, and I can assure you it has the ability to change everything. We're helping lots of people on an individual basis with this very protocol. But it's designed to actually fix the big problem. Yes. And starting with healing the interlopers so they will withdraw and leave us alone. This is needed desperately right now because they're in our face and they're tightening the noose around our necks. They're doing it through the governments. They're not your friend. Everyone's being manipulated, including the authorities and the institutions to be corrupted, self-serving and indifferent to the needs of others, just enough that you're kept in your place. And you're also told to, to be quiet, to be silent. Take your medicine.
1: Sorry, Sorry, that's all we have for Get Wisdom this week. Thanks. We'll see you next
2: next week. Be well.
0: Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.